Welcome back to another edition of Football Game Plans Best Bets. I'm Emery Hunt, the czar of the playbook. You can subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Search Football Game Plan Podcast. Leave us a five-star rating. If you don't want to go on iTunes, you want to go on SoundCloud, soundcloud.com slash Podcast. As always, I'm joined here by our football game plan analyst, Chris James, and Gene Clemens. You can follow Chris on Twitter at CJFlorida9. Gene at Gene Clemens. I'm at F-Ball Game Plan. Guys, what's going on with you? What's up, man? How's it doing? What's good? Hey, first and foremost, I want to apologize to the fans. I did not do well last week, but my lock of the week did come through. The Colts covered that six and a half and almost got the, the straight-up victory. So, you're welcome. <laughs> yeah, they, they, they almost pulled it out, man. And, um, you know, sometimes with this, with this, you know, these picks and these bets and these things like that, you want to just have a clear, unbiased, non-emotional or non-emotional take on it. Uh, so that's why when you come to the po- to the uh, best best podcast podcast, you you get like straight analysis. So it's kind of hard for me to lead into to this pick, which is I you talk about locks, CJ. This is obviously the lock of the week. Um, my Louisiana Raging Cajuns. For those that know, I, I play ball at Louisiana Raging Cage for the Louisiana Raging Cajuns. And I don't know, first of all, I don't know how this game got on the schedule. When I first saw it, I thought like maybe it was University of Alabama at Biloxi. You know what I'm saying? I didn't think it was Alabama Tuscaloosa, you know? And so the Crimson Tide, and I've seen this line shift. Like I just checked the line recently, and now it's at 48 and a half. So picture that. A lot of people must saw that Raging Cajun defense. They're like, all right. I won't give them the 50, but 48 and a half, I, I, could, I could see that. But overall, it's about a 50-point spread in this ballgame, probably one of the biggest spreads I've ever seen. And it's a shame because it's a big-time uh, program in Alabama and an FBS program in Louisiana. Obviously, you want to lay these points with Alabama, in my opinion, whether it's 48, 49, or 50. Now, if it's 51 – take the Cajuns and the points. But anything between 48 and 50, you can go ahead on and lay that on Alabama. What's you guys' thoughts on uh, this line and, and this game? So, look, here's how it goes. I, I like the Raging Cajuns as far as, you know, an entity, as a staff, a record label, and a crew. But, <laughs> unfortunately, in Tuscaloosa against Alabama, Alabama's not going to like them because – Let's look at what happened last week. Alabama didn't cover. Nick Saban's angry. It's a home game. Two is going to finish playing the ukulele. He's going to go back there. And he's going to cover these 48 and a half. Look, contrarian pick got this down to 48 and a half. Some people did you a favor, folks. This is going to be ugly. Put it like this. Mississippi State, yes, that Mississippi State that just lost, they almost covered the 48 and a half against this Louisiana Raging Cajun team. Bama's going to put up 60-plus. And they won't give up double digits if it's up to them. I obviously I agree with both of you guys. I think it's very interesting. Um, and and shout out to you, Emery, for you know standing by your boys, and, but making the right pick. And shout out to my my O line coach, Jerron Odom, who is a proud um, Raging Cajun alum as well. Um, but at the end of the day, if if what I'm understanding is correct, and Jalen Hurts is in fact going to ride out this year and continue in a backup role, that means that when they're up by 40 
and they decide, okay, Tua, that's enough of you. They're coming in with Jalen Hurts? Man, look. <laughs> hey, just for the record, Jalen Hurts is, is completing somewhere around 75% of his passes this year um, in, in his backup role. It's, it's going to be ugly early. It's going to be ugly often. The law firm will be in, in full effect. I, Emory, I don't know if you remember when I told you um, a, a few years ago that Alabama had three tight ends waiting behind O.J. Howard that were all phenomenal, but we're starting to see the fruits. We're starting to see the fruits of that labor. They are loaded at every position offensively, and with the two trigger men that they have to run the show, it, it's hard to see them not putting up 60-plus points. You know what I like about this whole Tua and Hurts situation? I like that Hurts is kind of sticking around because, like you said, Gene, he has, he's completed about 70 to 75% of his passes. But he's using these actual live games that, that matter to work on his passing. So by the end of the season, whether he decides to go pro or go to another program, he has a season full of tape of him improved as a passer. And I think that's just genius, you know, because he's getting the reps to throw and this game is going to get out of hand pretty quickly, uh, just like that Mississippi State game did for the Cajuns. And, two, and uh, Hertz will have an opportunity to get out maybe 15 to 20 passes. So I think this is a good fit for them moving throughout the season. It's the best of both worlds. And I think that's high, how ideally uh, Saban would want it, you know, get the blowout quickly and get a guy like Hertz a lot of reps to where he's getting essentially – a full half of work um, and putting that out there on film. And just to give you all a quick overview of how Vegas has this set up. So it's currently at 48 and a half, right? Uh, the over under is 67. So some quick rough math. It looks like they expect them to win 58 to nine. <laughs> so they don't even expect them to get double digits in this. This, this is not going to be fun to watch unless you're a Bama fan. Yeah, it's not going to be I'll, fun. I'll say this. I'll say this before we move on, and this is something that I think betters don't take advantage of enough. If it, it's it's crazy enough that bookies actually have this thing, excuse me, that that bet makers actually have this thing on the line. Yeah. But if they have it on the line, and you get a chance to take Bama at the quarter, take it. If you get a chance to take Bama at half, take it. If you get a chance to take the solo over for Bama. Take it. If you get a chance to take the solo under for Louisiana on Lafayette, take it. All of those things are going to hit if they're on the line. Smart info right there from Gene and Chris, and we'll just jump right into college football. Speaking of transfers, I'm going to Death Valley, not the one out there at LSU, but the one in Clemson, South Carolina, Syracuse at Clemson. Clemson right now is a 25-point favorite. And we know we all we we know which we call it. Well, I say which we call it, but we know Dino Baber as well. The head coach at Syracuse was in our football game plan books that we came out with when he was at the who's the head coach at Bowling Green. Clemson is starting Trev, uh, Trevor Lawrence, the freshman quarterback with the flowing locks of hair. Right, everyone loves him, and to by all credits and accounts, this guy can definitely throw the football, and he he's a really good player. And so that means they're jettisoning Kelly Bryant out of the program or he's going to transfer out. So not only do you have a true freshman starting his first full game, because he was coming in in spurts and playing series and maybe a quarter or a half, 
And so now he gets the full game plan, and he also gets the unlucky benefit of being game planned against. And we know Cuse already has beaten Florida State. We know they've beaten Clemson before. You don't think Dabo Sweeney and, and Dino Babers are, are sweating this game? Dino can't wait to get out there. Dabo's kind of, man, I hope you know we can get out here alive and, and, and win the game. I think 25 is a big number. Cuse may even have a chance to upset Clemson, so I'm gonna say take Syracuse in the points here. Um, that's a great, that's a great pick, E. And um, I just like to remind people of a certain of certain things. Um, who has who has Clemson blown out this year that are really worth anything? Um, and what has Trevor Lawrence shown versus good competition? Um, if I remember correctly, when they played Texas A&M, that was Kelly Bryant doing the work. Um. Not a, not a lot of Trevor Lawrence. And quite as it's kept, a lot of Trevor Lawrence's passes that he's completing, his big passes are throw it up down the field, number five's going to get it, and, and, we'll, and we'll, we'll, we'll ride from there. So it'll be interesting to see if this improved Syracuse defense can hold up and if the offense can make life just miserable enough. Remember that it's 25. You don't need them to win. You just need them to cover, and I think they'll definitely do that. Um, for me, I, I go I go to a team that I've been I've been high on for the last couple of years for one reason, because I'm high on Lane Kiffin, and and while other people have, you know, dismissed Lane Kiffin and talked about his antics or whatever you, ha- I just look at football, and Lane Kiffin has grown as a football coach. He's got to work at an FAU, and now he gets an opportunity to have his FAU team start playing light competition, meaning he's not worried about having to go up against big-time Power 5 FCS, FBS um, opponents anymore. So they'll be going against um, Middle Tennessee in Middle Tennessee. And while um, Middle Tennessee is always a, a a formidable program, this isn't basketball. FAU will not only cover the three-and-a-half, I think it won't be close. I think they'll win by double digits. See, this is one of the things that people don't realize about Lane Kiffin because he's an easy target because of his personality. He has one of those personalities that unless you know him, you don't like him. And sometimes if you do know him, you don't like him. That has nothing to do with his <laughs> acumen as a football coach. He, he's a heck of a football coach. And when he puts games on the schedule like Oklahoma so that that team can get their tails whipped after having a great season last year, that's helpful. When they play against a UCF team and lose, that's helpful. Middle Tennessee State's not going to be ready for, even with a home game, these guys from South Florida as far as the athleticism that they have, the amount of work that they're going to do, and the fact that in the fourth quarter, like you said, Gene, I think that that's when they pull away and make this an easy victory. Lane Kiffin deserves more credit than he gets as a football mind, not as a guy. We don't have to worry about that. As a football mind, this guy's one of the tops in the country. What I'm going to do is I'm going to take it up north, and I'm going to go to one of the bigger games on the schedule. This was a pretty close game last year, but I don't expect the same this year. That is Ohio State versus Penn State. Now, listen, you know, Big Ten game, two, you know, top programs. Everyone's expecting big things out of this game. I look at the football players on the field. Yes, it's two top ten teams, but let's go ahead and be honest. Penn State is not the Penn State they were last year. Penn State lost a lot of quality NFL talent, including the best player in the draft last year, a guy that Ohio State literally did not want to kick the ball to. Ohio State's defensive line is ready. That offense is is, is 
blazing. And don't forget, Urban Meyer is one of those dudes, kind of like a Bill Belichick, kind of like a Nick Saban. When points need to be proven, he's going to try to prove them. So it is a small line for a game that I don't expect to be close. It is three and a half points of a favor for Ohio State and Happy Valley. Yeah, tough place to play, but I expect them to not only cover this, but to win by double digits. I think that Ohio State is good enough to do this. And quietly, the best quarterback that's draft eligible in the country, in my opinion, is playing in this game, and I think he shows off in a primetime game on ABC, uh, Mr. Haskins. Yeah, people sleep on Dwayne Haskins and what he's bringing to the table. He's just been flat-out phenomenal. His accuracy is something I hadn't seen in, in quite some time, and that's just impressive to watch him step in there and throw. And I hope he continues to progress and gets better to where he makes that decision toward the end of the season whether or not he's going to come out or, or stay for another year. I'm going on a complete opposite end of the spectrum going out west, and I love to see option football lines on here because I think that's easy money because people look at the team and look at the offense and totally discredit why these option teams like Army, Navy, Air Force winning. On, on the show, the CBS Sports HQ show, I called last week's upset Army plus 31 over uh, Oklahoma. They thought I, were cra I was crazy, but I'm like, they're not going to have the ball enough to blow out Army. I just watched Army exactly. take the life out of Hawaii, uh, who was scoring 40-plus points a game, 50 points a game. So with this one, I'm going Nevada and Air Force. Air Force is six-and-a-half-point favorites, and that number is going down, honestly. But Nevada can't stop the run. We saw Oregon State run the ball and almost win, but they missed the field goal at the end. I think Air Force, because that's all they do, will easily cover this. I would say later points with, with the Falcons. And that's a good that's a good pick. And again, when you're trying to get ready for these service academies, especially the service academies that stick to what they do the best, um, you're not going to get Air Force rattled. You're not going to get them out their game. It's going to be a tough out. Um, and, and I agree with you. I think they have a, a real good chance to um, not only cover, but cover um, comfortably um, at the end of the day. For me, I go I go in a completely different direction because while I think your game will be one of ball control, this game I'm, I'm picking is going to be wide open. I don't think there's a chance that this game stays on. I'm talking West Virginia, Texas Tech. I think it's just going to be touchdown after touchdown after touchdown after touchdown. At the end of the day, the team with the slightly better talent West Virginia, the team with the slightly better defense, West Virginia is going to be able to cover this three and a half points. Um, I like West Virginia to um, beat Texas Tech, Will Greer to outduel whomever is playing quarterback for Cliff Kingsbury because let's be real about it, every quarterback does the exact same thing at Texas Tech with the exception of Patrick Mahomes, which when you saw him, you were like, okay, this cat's different. Um, but but other than that, the rest of them, they just all seem to do the same thing, put up ridiculous numbers, um, score touchdowns. Um, I don't I don't foresee them doing anything differently. I just think that they won't have an ability to stop West Virginia and West Virginia is going to put up 60 plus points. It's an interesting pick because I would actually save this game. I stay away from it because I don't know what to think of it. If Texas Tech would have not blown out Oklahoma State last week. I would 100% lay all my money on Texas Tech to cover at home, tough environment in some respects. But I'm going to go with your faith in this, Dean, because you've done the research on this. It's just that one, that one scares me. 
And I'm going to go to another game that scares me because anyone who knows me knows that I am from New Orleans and I am a fan of my Bayou teams. And I have a particular one that's on the schedule that is ranked, and that's the LSU Tigers playing against Ole Miss Rebels. Like, look, this is, this is a rivalry game. No matter how much credit you want to give to it, it doesn't have the allure of LSU, Alabama, or Auburn, Alabama, or any of those. This is one of those sneaky games that, in general, is good unless one of the teams has a generational-type team like LSU back in 2011. The line started at 12, I believe. It's on a 10.5 in favor of LSU. I believe in the betting public on this one. I don't think LSU, with the offense I've seen them have, produces enough points to blow out Ole Miss unless there's some sort of turnover. So I'm going to call this a close game with an LSU victory closer to seven points, maybe even down to four. Just inconsistency on the offense for LSU. Ole Miss does have an offense that can score. The only opportunity LSU has to blow them out is if Ole Miss defense does not show up. I think this would be a good close game. I would, though, take the under on this particular game, which is set at 60 points right now. Should be a good college football matchup. And now as we move on to our NFL Best bets. I'm going to start in New England where the Patriots are playing host to the Miami Dolphins. Patriots are seven-point favorites. Dolphins come in 3-0. and I was at the Dolphins-Jets game and came away thinking that the Jets gave that one away, especially when you look at the turnover Sam Darnold had prior to the defense getting uh, – right after the defense got a turnover from Ryan Tannehill, who still has skittish pocket presence. I think when you look at this game, New England will come in with that game plan and they will find ways to get pressure on the quarterback. Miami is 3-0. and I get it. And you are what your record says you are, but I feel like this is a hollow 3-0. and So I'm saying laying the points, lay the points with the Patriots. I think they take care of business at home against the Dolphins. And that's a great pick, E, because I asked the one question, um, who is, who, who's Miami played um, to really feel comfortable or confident in what they're doing? So I think they're going to have their hands full. New England will come in motivated. Um, I, I, I like New England in that game. Um, I, I look at a game versus two teams that people would believe are trending in opposite directions, but I think that it's more of an illusion than 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 the real thing, and that is the Green Bay Packers um, versus the um, Buffalo Bills. This line right now um, for Green Bay is 10 and a half. It's, it's Green Bay's land, 10 and a half. And people are probably thinking to themselves, man, Green Bay just lost to Washington. And Buffalo just beat a really good Minnesota team. And then when you actually start to dissect the game, you find out, well, Minnesota, you know, turned the ball over three times in, in the other team's red zone. Um, it's really easy for your quarterback who's young and athletic um, but may not be the best pass in the world to not have to actually drive the ball down the field. So when you when you take that into account and you say, well, you know, um, Aaron Rodgers doesn't turn the ball over like that, and then you look at their defense and you go, well, these defense, they saw that Allen completed a lot of passes to tight ends and running backs. They're going to sit on those underneath and make Allen, who's not accurate, drive the ball deep down the field. I think this is a recipe for – the Bills to come back to life. I, I not only like Green Bay with the 10 and a half, I like them to straight blow out the Buffalo. I still stand by what I said last week, which is if you have a bet, bet against Buffalo. I'm 100% on board with you with this one, Gene. It's for a couple of reasons. Number one, if you 
actually watched that game. I didn't watch it live. I got to watch a replay of it. Look, folks, I don't care what you think Kirk Cousins. He's a starting-level quarterback, but he's not that guy. He made this game Buffalo game. Like he, he forgot that taking care of the ball was paramount to success. Kept turning it over. Aaron Rodgers isn't doing that. He also held onto the ball too long. Look, if they had a, a, a killer pass rush in Buffalo, I could see Green Bay maybe being challenged. But Aaron Rodgers getting the ball out of his hands to more talent. The defense will feast off of a young quarterback who got a big victory, so his head's probably a little big right now. And it's a sweet spot bet. It actually got moved down by the betting public to 9.5. And, and games like this, you want to grab it at 9.5, 6.5. Those are your sweet spot bets. I'm on board with what you had to say, Gene. And, yeah, put all the money down on it. So I'm going to stick with same area of the country as far as we're talking about Buffalo. They're from New York. I'm sticking in the state of New York. I have my New Orleans Saints traveling up to New York. Now, this looks like a trap game to me. Saints have a three-and-a-half-point favorite. That's a bad number. They're going on the road. They just came off a big divisional victory, and they're playing the Giants. Here's the problem. Eli Manning does not understand how to score points. If you watched that game last week, which I did, the Giants didn't do anything to score points. The Texans literally just could not take advantage of the fact that Eli is no longer an NFL starting quarterback. The Saints defensive line will take advantage of that. They'll put him under pressure, and a team that should take advantage of a bad Saints secondary based on scheme won't be able to. I think that Drew Brees and the Saints offense put up a bunch of points, take the over in this game. It'll end up being a 35-21 to, to, to 21 game, and the Saints will cover pretty easily in this particular matchup. Yeah, this is going to be interesting because I worry about – I'll be at this game, and I, I worry about – the Saints' ability to cover. But the Saints do have a, a lot of guys up front that can get pressure. And I do know Elot tends to be a bit skittish in the pocket. So, like you said, it may cancel out. And the Giants, quite honestly, is also banged up. They are also banged up in the secondary, too. Uh, we don't know if Eli Apple is going to be, be back out there. Their secondary is thin. Saints essentially only have one receiver anyway. So it's not like they're coming out there with the Chiefs personnel or the Broncos personnel. They got Michael Thomas, and that's about it. So we'll see. That game should be entertaining. should be a high score. One. And since I mentioned the Broncos and Chiefs, that's one of the games that, that I had earmarked. I know Chris has it earmarked as well. Denver, five-point underdogs to Kansas City. We're not surprised that Pat Mahomes is going nuts in the league right now, and we're not surprised that all the talent that's surrounding him is having breakout years, or so to speak, or having big years. However... This matchup on paper just looks like a great football matchup. Broncos have good defensive line, good linebackers that are active, solid secondary that can match up and cover. So I think they'll do a great job in, in really curtailing what Pat Mahomes can do with this offense. Plus, we kind of saw this last year already when Mahomes made his first start uh, against the same Broncos team. And I think they forced a turnover. I want to say one interception. He had a touchdown, I believe. So they've seen him before. They understand what he can do. They have their own tape on him. I think this is a game that the Broncos will win outright. So I would say take the Broncos and the points, and if you're picking straight-up winners, go ahead on and just lay some money on the Broncos. And the fact that both you and CJ liked this game um, gave me pause because I've really I've really been um, wanting to ride that hot hand, especially with the way in which um, Andy Reid employs those weapons for Kansas City. But 
you know, the more I sat back and thought about it, it made a lot of sense to me that this is a game that I probably wanted to fade. So, yeah, that's a great pick, E. Um, I'm going to go down to the um, AFC South and the Jacksonville Jaguars last week. They were very disappointing to me. Well, let me be more specific. Blake Bortles um, was Blake Bortles. And when he is who he really is, um, Jacksonville, have a, they have a hard time scoring. Um, they've been without their starting running back all year. Um, obviously, that has hurt their offense. But they're facing a Jets tech who I believe is just not ready to be out there. And so when I look at this line and I look at the – fact that Jacksonville's not going to want drop two in a row. They're going to be really anxious to get a win this week versus versus the Jets. I can see this defense stepping up this week. Um, I see maybe two, possibly three turnovers, one of them going for a touchdown, and that mixed with an offense that's able to put at least a, you know, a touchdown, maybe two on the board is enough for them to cover the nine points and really do away with a Jets team that I think um, is, if they're planning on going, they're going is probably away from being a competitive team. Nothing makes a talented team angrier than losing to a team that they not only have more talent than, but that they have more talent than, and also at home. So I feel bad for Sam Darnold because no favors will be done to him by that Jacksonville defensive line, those Jacksonville linebackers. And raise your hand if you think Jalen Ramsey trying to do him any favors. Guarantee it's going to get ugly. So I agree with you. This is a makeup game for what happened last week when they didn't do their job. I'm going to go to a divisional matchup that I didn't want to touch, but then I started to look at it and I started to use some logic. We already know that they had a guy who, at this point, I think he realizes more than the team itself, that he is not built to play NFL quarterback anymore. So they went to the rookie late in the game. You give a team that has been told that they might be eligible for the number one overall pick in the NFL draft, but has talent and has a future Hall of Fame quarterback, in my opinion, a reason to, to be angry, and that is Seattle traveling down to Arizona, which Phoenix has not been kind to Seattle in the past. But Carson Palmer is not there. A competent quarterback that's a veteran is not there. They have a rookie. They're going to dial up some different pressures and blitzes. You have a team that really does not know that they have David Johnson on the field and does not utilize him. And I think Seattle, they got back to the ground and pound last week, play action off of that so they can protect Russell Wilson. I think they put up some points here and cover the three-point spread. Makes sense, especially when you consider the fact that Rosen is no – he's a young version of Sam Bradford. So his pocket presence will be on full display, or lack thereof, in this ball game against that pass rush. Well, that's 12 games that we gave you guys – or sorry, 2, 4, 6, 8, 10. Am I off? Like, that's six games. Jeez, my math is off. But that's six games we gave you guys. Some good analysis right there. And, again, make sure – Bet responsibly, as they like to say on those drink commercials, drink responsibly. But as always, thank you guys for tuning in. Be sure to tune in next week as well. For Chris James, Gene Clemens, and myself, 
Again, at CJ Florida 9, at Gene Clemens, at F Ball Game Plan. I'm Emery Hunt, the Czar of the Playbook. We will catch you guys next weekend. One, one last note before we go away from the Sorry about this, Emery. One game to not touch. Do not touch this game because it looks too juicy, but you might end up in the same spot as the people who picked against Buffalo last week. Do not, ch- t- do not touch the Chargers versus the 49ers. Do not touch that game. Don't bet on it. Just trust me. Do not touch that game. Well, you heard it from the wise man himself. Chris James, don't touch that game. That game could be one of those trap games because of the unknown uh, with C.J. Beathard. So, again, thank you guys for tuning in. We'll catch you guys next week.